So we are uh, now coming around the stretch to what is called the Yom HaKadosh, not a holy day, but the day of holiness. The Gemara teaches us that Itzumo Shalyom, the essence of the day, is Machaper. And the Svarim explained what that means is, is that when push comes to shove, at the end, at the end of any kind of sophisticated relationship any of us might have with God, that there's something about the essence of this day that wipes our slate clean, whether we do something or we don't. The essence of the day is machaper. It, it cleanses us. It heals us. It brings us to the point of being clean, both spiritually, psychologically, etc. And so it's 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 hard because for many of us the focus on on disappointment, the focus on negativity, the focus on fear, which is all a part of the day. It's not it's not not part of the day, but that seems to run and be in control of the day. Those those things seem to be the context within which every everything else is um, is presented and understood. And if there's one thing that I hope to be able to do, it's to try to convey uh, a flip of that. That if we are disappointed and if we are feeling uh, down within ourselves, it's only within the context of awesomeness. It's only within the personal context of Hashem is not a being that exists up in some starry sky, starry sky somewhere. I think I pronounced that right. I hope I pronounced that right. Hashem is not um, some abstract, ethereal concept that exists above. Hashem is, of course, he's those things, but he, Hashem is also the, the closest thing to me. Hashem is found in the past of my life, Hashem is found in the present of my life, and Hashem is found in the future of my life. That means in the next second, whenever that, whenever that next second is that I am a little bit better than I am right now, whenever that next second is, whenever that next stage in my life is where I overcome whatever it is I've overcome, then, then I have come a step closer to God. Hashem is the power of growth. Hashem is the power of healing. Hashem is the power of grieving. Hashem is everything to me. And even in the negative, Hashem is in the negative. Hashem is the pleasure that I feel when I do Averas. Hashem is the lust and the gluttony and the greed and the jealousy that I feel. Hashem is all those things also. It's just a question of learning how to find Hashem in those things and how to let go of those things that, that bind us and hold us back. So I think, I think Hannah was, uh, was, with, was with me on Tuesday night when I learned this piece from Rav Kook. I want to, I want to share a piece from Rav Kook and then, and then really just, just try to bring it home to us, 
to all of us. It's a piece from Rav Cook, and it's a it's a really I would say a um, like a mirror image. It's a mushal. It's a mushal, but it's also a nimshal. It's both. So it's it's a remez, but it's also not a remez. It's also emes. It's pure emes. Let me see how I share my screen. One second. Here we go. Share my screen. Okay. You don't have to follow along, but if you want to, you can. Rav Cook in this in his Kvatsim and his journals. This is journal number two, ice one fifty. Kaivitz two. Ice 150, number, num, number, number 150, Kufnun. And we'll just read, we'll read what he says, because it's, um, I found it years ago, um, Rabbi Weinberger mentioned this, I think it was probably Shabbos Shuva at his drush, I think he, he gave out a thing like this, and I, I taped it into my, into my machzer, my Yom Kippur machzer, and now I have it. And I looked at it probably for the first time in many years, and, um, and I fell in love with it again. And this is what he says. A person who is constantly in pain over his or hers sins. And let's just expand the word Avinaisov, sins. Let's just say all disappointment, all negativity. A person who's constantly in pain over character flaws, over personality traits, over Things that we things that we've done, things that we are not proud of, ways that we look at the world, whatever it might be that we struggle with feeling guilty. A person that is in pain consistently on all the things that he's done wrong or she's done wrong, and also carries the burden of other people's sins. Like if you look around the world today and you see the the insane craziness of how people talk to each other and the meanness that goes on, and you have a sensitive soul, and you carry a little bit of the burden of the pain of of racism and those people that are fighting about racism and those people that are fighting about the fights of racism and all of the stuff about coronavirus and all the things that are going on in the world today and all the things that we carry on our shoulders. Now, some of us don't necessarily carry the pain of the world. Some of us are living in our own worlds and to some degree, there's a health to that. There's a health to not carry and, and be attached and be attacked by the avona sa'olam, as Rav Cook says, the averas of the world. But at the same time, when the, when the world is in chaos, it means that somehow it, it's shayach to us. So it, it, it affects us somehow. It affects us on a more global and macro level. A person who is constantly afraid of his own sins, and he's in, he's in pain, or she's in pain over his own sins, and all the sins of the world, he has to always... Tamid, the word tamid. If you if you're consistently in pain, then you consistently have to do what Rav Cook's about to say. Limchol v'lesloyach la'atzmai u'la'olam kulai. You have to bring mechila 
and slicha into the entire world. First to yourself and then into the entire world, which means if I'm constantly in pain over the things that I've done, I have to constantly forgive myself. I have to constantly be in a state of forgiving myself. I, there's no, there's nothing that I have done in this world that is not deserving of my forgiveness. There's nothing that I have destroyed in this world that is not possible for me to heal myself from. Not that I could repair everything. There, there's definitely possible to break things and, and they can be permanently broken. But the question is, is in my own personal experience of all the damage that I've done in this world, a person has to constantly forgive and heal himself and to somehow heal and forgive the whole world. Rav Kook says, He brings forgiveness and the light of chesed al kula. He brings, or she brings, slicha and the light of all of chesed, the beauty of all chesed into all of creation. Now, I think, I think I've shared this with you before. Rav Kook says this yesayid. Rav Kook says yesayid, it's, the, the other Malam Achshava say this, it's, it's drushes really from the Gemara, but Rav Kook says that when a person is masakein amida, so let's say I work on my laziness, so there's two things that are happening at the same time. I work on my laziness and I fix my laziness and now I'm not as lazy as I was yesterday. Rav Kook says, not only did you fix laziness for yourself, the subjective nature of laziness, you've also, you have also fixed laziness as a klal for the world. You've fixed, you've somehow been masaking the koyach of laziness in the whole world. And that's something that we, we believe specifically as Jews, that it's something that's shayach to, 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 to Yidin, that the things that we do have ripple effects over the entirety of all of the world. And those of us that have been to good yeshivas with very, very good mechanchem, uh, we have been told that every avera that we do destroys all the oilamas and all of the great big you know, cosmic, uh, psychic, uh, you know, energies in the world, and we basically kill God every time we do an Avera. So Rav Kook is, is, is flipping that all around, and Rav Kook is saying like this, You have to consistently forgive and heal yourself, and through doing that, you don't even have to have anything to do with anybody else. You don't have to bring, you don't have to be a therapist. You don't have to teach anybody. You can sit in your own bedroom and just forgive yourself and have a moment of forgiveness of pure, authentic healing. And by doing that, you bring slich into the whole universe, into the whole existence. And you bring joy to the makom, which means the universe, the place, but it also means Hashem, because hamakom always means Hashem. And you, and you bring joy to all of creation. In other words, I could sit in my little log cabin upstate New York and nobody could see me ever. I could be the biggest loner in the world and I could be, and I could be involved in healing myself 
And that healing brings the, the power of healing into the whole universe. And it also somehow brings a joy to the whole universe. The whole universe is lighter because of me. The whole universe now has the capacity for healing in a much, much more beautiful way because I did that and because you do that in your own way. Ubedchila Rav Kook says, My first, a person has to forgive themselves. There was a there was a a little thing on Facebook, uh, I think I think I think it was Facebook or Twitter or something, where somebody quoted Rav Nassim Tzvi Finkel, the Rav the uh, the Rosh Hashiva of Mir Yeshiva in Yerushalayim, and they the they, the quote went that they asked him, what should be the what what should we daven for, and all the Yom what should we daven for, and Rav Nassim Tzvi answered two words. You want to know what you should daven for? Daven for someone else. Daven for someone else. So if Cook here is saying, Of course, we all know this, that if I'm not healthy enough for myself and davening for someone else is going to be the denial of myself or an escape of myself, then I shouldn't be davening for someone else. But if it's not an escape, if I'm able to daven for someone else, if I'm able to forgive someone else, first you have to take care of yourself. First I have to heal myself, I have to forgive myself. After that, he brings down a, a general healing, a general mechila on everything. And then, you start working your way outwards. Those people that are closest to you, you start being Michael them. Al Anfeshorashev on the branches of his roots. On the, in other words, you start from where you are and you start to slowly work your way out. You start with the root of, of who you are and those that are closest to you. Val then your family, Val Oyavov on your, your friends, the people you love, Umasai. On, on your your um, your nation, Daira, your generation, Ilamai, the world, Vakalha Ilamim and all the worlds. The the if you want to know, person wants to know how to how to get God to forgive you. I want to know what's the key. What's the key to get God to forgive you? The key to getting God to forgive you is learning how to forgive yourself. That's the key. Whether it's through therapy, whether it's through teremitzas, whether it's through Yom Kippur davening. Healing begins within. Now, the truth is, I don't see how it's possible for real healing without, without a higher power. I don't see how it's possible for real healing without God. So one way of saying this is, the only way I can heal myself is if, I'm, if, is if God is sending me some healing. But if you want to know how to bring mechila into the world, then you have to learn how not to be hard on yourself. You have to learn how to come into your Kippur davening already having healed yourself. Because if you want to daven to God on Yom Kippur, and you want to stand in front of Hashem and say, heal me, 
purify me, cleanse me, then God's going to turn to me and he's going to say to me, did you do that for yourself yet? And if the answer is no, then Hashem's going to say, okay, let's, let's engage in that process. Let's engage in that process together. And as you read the words of Yom Kippur Davening, let's together, you and I, help you learn how to forgive yourself. Let's, you and I, help you figure out how to reconnect with the beauty of what you are. Because on Yom Kippur, the Arizal says that, that there were 364 days Hashem created the world with. On the, on the, on the, on the, on the, um, the solar calendar, 364 days that Hashem created. And there's one day that came from before the creation of time. There's one day that existed, whatever, that, whatever this means. There's one day that Hashem brought into this world that it's not part of the regular calendar. It's not part of the flow of Teva. It's not part of reality. It's not part of the, the, the basic flow of the calendar. And that's Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is a day that Hashem took, Hashem took when Adam Arishan was when Adam Arishan was before he sinned and he brought death into the world. Hashem took that day, that moment, and he took that moment and he infused that into the calendar. And he allowed us to go back to that day, one to that hour, that hour that Adam Arishan was, was before the Chait. Hashem allows us to go back to that hour every year. And that's Yom Kippur. And when we walk into Yom Kippur, <clears throat> Hashem doesn't say, I'm going to be mechaper you. That's not what Hashem says. Hashem says, it's Yom Kippur now. Now you have reverted back to being Adam Rishon Kaidem Now you are no longer filled with sin. The whole entire essence of the day is mechaper you. You are exactly beautiful the way you are. But do you know that? He says to me, do you know that? Do you know that, Yitzi? Do you know that? And 99% of the time, the answer is no, I don't. Because that's the way life goes. It's filled with chaos. So Hashem says to me, the essence of the day is machaper. That, that's, that's clear. But now I need you to learn that. I need you to see that. And so I need you to go through all of the, the everything that's involved, the, 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 the fasting, the davening, the being in shul, the not being in shul, whatever this year is going to be crazy. It's going to be chaos for all of us in many different ways. But Hashem says to us, I need you to know that. I need you to see what Mechila feels like. Because I'm Michael, you, that's for sure. That's not a question. That's, that's not a question. I know who the Eight Sahara is. I know who, I know, I understand all this. I, 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 I get this. I, I know. I know why you did what you did. I know why you do what you do. I know why you struggle with what you struggle with. And I know why you fail how you fail. I, that's, on Yom Kippur, that's finished. I, it's, it's all finished. I, I, I got that taken care of. Don't worry about that. But do you know, Hashem says, do you know what Mechila feels like? Do you know what it means to forgive yourself? Do you know what it means to heal from all the years of frustrations and all the disappointments and an entire year of either beating myself up or being beaten up by life. Hashem says, do you know what Mechila tastes like? So I'm going to give you a Kol Nidre and I'm going to give you Shachris and I'm going to give you Musaf and I'm going to give you Mincha. I'm going to give you all of these things and then you're going to make it to Ne'ilah. Ne'ilah is Mashiach. 
Ne'ilah is Mashiach. The shofar we blow at the end of Ne'ilah is Mashiach. <clears throat> There's one part of the Avodah that the Kain Gadol does on Yom Kippur that's very weird. I'm sure, I'm sure you, you, you know this. The Kain Gadol takes two goats puts one on his right hand, one by his left hand, and he makes a girl. He makes a lottery, and he picks one up, picks up a thing, and, the, you know, whichever was La Hashem, that they shucked in the base of Mikdash, and whichever is La Zazel, they send out to some mountain somewhere, and they throw it off the mountain, and they tell it, go, Lech La Zazel, go to hell. Real honestly, that, I mean, that's what it means. La Zazel is, they take a sheep, they take a goat, and they, they give the, the Koyach Hara, they give the Yetzahara, they give the, 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 Sam, the Sam Hamavis, they give the Satan, which, as we've said before, the Satan is, does not exist like it does in the, in the Christian sense, where there's a, real, there's a real being that's, you know, anti-God. It doesn't exist that way. So for us, just to understand, Hashem says, I need the Yetzahara, to get something on this day, on Yom Kippur. I need the Yetzirah to get something. Because the Yetzirah is always going to jump at you. You're going to have Yom Kippur. You're going to have this experience of Mechila. I need the Yetzirah to have something. <laughs> you know what the Yetzirah needs? Oh, I, I forgot where I, where I, I had this drasha. Oh my goodness. I think it's in Slichas. I think on the first night of Slichas, I saw this. Oh, I forgot the Pasuk. Do you know what the Yetzirah wants to eat? The Yetzirah wants one thing. It wants to eat its own destruction. That's all it wants. The Yetzirah is a Kayach of destruction, and the only thing that it, 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 it inherently wants is to eat its own destruction. It wants to implode in on itself. So on Yom Kippur, what we do is something fascinating. We make a girl, a lottery, as if to say, there's no God. We don't know. Well, the coin's gonna stick his hand in, whichever the paper, whichever the paper comes out, that's gonna be that's gonna be it. And we make this whole show for the Yetzirah. And we say to the Yetzirah, sure, there's no God. You're right. It's all chance. It's all chance. We take a little piece of paper out, and whichever piece of paper out that says your name on it, you're gonna get it. And we're gonna give it to you. And we're going to take it, and we're going to we're going to we're going to give it to you as a present. And the, the way we're going to give it to you as a present is we're going to throw it off the side of a mountain, and it's going to it's going to shatter into a million pieces. And the Eight Sahara is going to say, "Wow, that's great! That's fa fantastic! That's amazing!" It says in the Zayar, and when the Eight Sahara gets that gift, the Eight Sahara is satiated and is fine. And in that moment, the Eight Sahara turns around and says to God. I have no interest in making any Jew ever sin. I have no interest in saying any, any Lashon Hara on any Jew. I'm satiated already. I've got this already. We can spend a long time on this because this, uh, this, uh, if, if you're picking up, there's a whole deep, there's a whole deep concept that the Sahara only wants to eat what, uh, destruction. The Sahara only wants to eat its own destruction, what that means. 
But in that moment, when the Yetzirah finally gets what it wants, at the one day a year, the Yetzirah actually is fed whatever it wants, which is what? Oblivion. It just gets oblivion, and it's satiated with oblivion. And everything is put into context. Everything is epic, E-P-I-C, everything put into context. The Yetzirah receives exactly what it needs to receive. In that moment, he says, Everything's in context, which means that the Yidin, the Jews, are completely pure. They're completely holy. I have nothing with them. I don't need to do anything with them. I'm not interested in them. There's a lot to say. At the end of the day, for some of us, it's very painful to experience joy. For some of us, it's very painful to, to think of being so pure and so holy. Because the cognitive dissonance is, is, is strong. The cognitive dissonance is strong. At the, end of, at the end of Yom Kippur, you're more beautiful and more, more pure than anything you can possibly imagine. Than anything that any person that ever did to you made you feel like. No matter whatever rejection or neglect you've ever experienced in your life, no matter how low you've ever been, no matter how much you failed and no matter how much your life isn't working out for you. Yom Kippur is a revelation. It's a revelation of the beauty of Klal Yisrael. That's what it is. It's not a day of healing. It's a day of holiness. It's a day where holiness is restored and is rebuilt. And it's a day that is given for each of us to forgive ourselves to heal ourselves, to not be afraid, to not be afraid to heal mechila, slicha, kapara, me, to do that for myself, to not be afraid to realize that when I do that for myself, it spreads out, that healing spreads out throughout the entire universe, the entire world. And everybody, every one of us gets to taste some of your healing without knowing it, so my bracha to all of us is that as we, we enter this Yom Kadosh, this day of holiness, the day in which there are stark realities in our lives get, get pointed to us, and we have to, in a, in a way, deal with them. True, for sure, for sure. It's, it's, a, it's a hard day because the dissonance is hard. But it's a day of pure Kedusha, where the Neshama is so alive, as they say that on Tisha B'av, they say on Tisha B'av, who can eat? It's such a sad day. And then, and then in Kippur, who needs to eat? It's such a soulful day. The soul's running things. The soul feeds the body. It's the one day a year that the soul gets to actually feed the body. So of course you feel hunger. Of course you feel headachey. Of course you feel frustrated. And if you're not going get, to get to shul this year, you're going to feel, uh, you're going to feel a lot of things. But somehow to tap into the holiness that's here, because that's truly the most magnificent thing about life. The most magnificent thing about life is having a soul and being able to smile from it and being able to smile in, 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 into somebody else's face so that they can smile too and that their neshama can get lit up. We should be zeichet to, to that ne'ila, the ne'ila of Mashiach, the ne'ila the Svarim say that, we, we say, Tfila li'ani kiyatayv, the prayer of the poor person, kiyatayv, when he wraps himself in his talus, 
and he starts to speak to Hashem. So one of the Sfarim explains, Ya'atov also means wait. Tfila la'ani, the, the tefillah of the, of the poor person, kiyatov, while he's waiting. And who is the ani that's waiting? Is Mashiach. Tefillah la'ani, kiyatov. It's the prayer of Mashiach who's waiting, who's waiting, that, that we are waiting for, that he is waiting. So one of the Sfarim explained, based on that drasha, that if you, la'ani can also be read lehe'ani, for the ani. And that's the letters of Ne'ilah. Leha'ani is, is the letters of Ne'ilah. It's the same letters. So we show up on, on, by Ne'ilah. We're already, we're already poor. We're, we're feeling the burn of, of 25 hours of fasting. We're wiped out and drained. We're really, for the most part, just kind of out of it. But then Hashem says... Hold on, hold on just a little bit. Hold on just a little bit because Mashiach's literally right around the corner. And I know for years people have been saying that, for decades, for centuries, for millennia, people have been saying Mashiach's just around the corner. And so I'm certainly not a Navi, and I'm certainly not making, making predictions. But to live in the suspense of Mashiach's right around the corner is to, is to believe in the godless and the beauty of what, what I am. And the godless and the beauty of, the, of Hashem put me into the most miraculous and marvelous times ever. And he looks down in this world and he says, with all the innovation in the world and all the beauty in the world and all the luxuries in the world and all the ravchas that exists in the world, there's nothing more sweet than you. There's nothing more beautiful than you. And that's the message of Yom Kippur. It's the message of, 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 of all of life. It's the, it's the message of godliness. So... Let us, let us all tap into the holiness. Let us all feel the holiness. Let us all forgive ourselves. Let us all go back to that soul. And let us all live in that space of Mashiach. And not just live in it, but to live with it. And to have Mashiach. Amen.